Hey friends, buckle up for a new episode of the Seller's Journey Podcast with Uvaro CEO, Joseph Fung. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Seller's Journey. On this podcast, we tell the stories of growth and career progression that are just begging to be told. And this season is extra juicy. We'll be digging deep with some Uvaro members to uncover their secrets to career success and, like the title says, learn a thing or two about selling along the way. First up, we're connecting with Matt Fairbanks. Matt came from a hospitality background and quickly leveraged those skills to make a name for himself in tech. Two promotions later, Matt is now a key accounts manager at Seven Shifts. Now, no drinks were consumed, but the bartender Assass served up something else. Without further ado, let's dig in. Matt, welcome so much to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. I know that we're going to dig into such a, a wonderful story, uh, and your journey has been nothing short of remarkable. Uh, but to really kick things off and, and help give our audience and our listeners an idea of kind of where you at, where you've landed, uh, maybe you can give us that great kind of context about your role at Seven Shifts and what Seven Shifts does. And then we'll rewind and dig into that whole journey. But yeah, let's tee us off. Where are you at? What does the company do? Uh, so I am currently the key accounts manager uh, at Seven Shifts. I'm on the post-sale side, so I'm on client success. Um, we, Seven Shifts, are a restaurant scheduling platform. Uh, we work with labor management and simplifying uh, employee scheduling uh, for restaurants specifically. Your journey is such a fun one because you're in an industry that's so related to where you were. And I, I'd love to just get things started with where, where you started from. Uh, you know, when you... We first started working with you, Varun, when we first started to get to know you, um, you came out from behind the bar. So, you know, why don't we start that? What was it What was it like being a bartender? What was your work like? What was the experience like behind the bar? So, was, yeah, I was working as a, as, a, as a bartender and a restaurant manager. Uh, I, um, my daily experience was, um, you know, trying to basically sell as quick and as fast as I could, uh, make as many drinks as fast as I could. Um, as well as, you know, make sure I, my guests had a great experience. Yeah, that was what I was doing as before Yuvaro. <laughs> when we last spoke, you, you mentioned how you were keeping your eyes open for opportunities to kind of get out of the, the hospitality space. Uh, what was the thinking? You know, what had you motivated to move into and look for something new? I I've, uh, very much um, was didn't feel satisfied, I guess, with my life. I didn't feel like I was challenged as much. Um, I was always kind of had one foot out of the restaurant industry in many ways and was seeking kind of something different. But I always kind of knew that uh, I found true enjoyment out of you know, solving problems and kind of building relationships. And I feel like I naturally am always trying to convince others of uh, finding that solution to whatever problem they're experiencing. And, you know, I always be closing, essentially. <laughs> when you, you talked about building relationships, um, how much of that was your your coworkers at the, you know the restaurant the hotel? How much of that was the customers? Like, what did relationship building look like as someone working in hospitality? In hospitality, we very much are uh, like we're in the trenches together. We are going through a, a shared experience that um, can be very stressful at times. <laughs> it's uh, move fast. It's hot. It's sweaty. It's uh, loud <laughs> sometimes, especially in nightclubs. And there's very that much that that idea that you're standing on a line together and you're doing things together. And so it's always a team um, environment and we're all doing our parts to uh, get through the night sometimes, uh, as well as, you know, maybe sell as much as we can in that night. 
I imagine that's this great feeling of kind of alignment, camaraderie, um, shipping industries, you know, the, you end up leaving a lot of that behind. Can you share a bit more about what were the circumstances that led you to look for something new? I felt like I'd mastered what I was doing in many ways and that uh, there was a ceiling above me that I couldn't necessarily break through. Um, I felt like I couldn't kind of achieve the financial goals and kind of lifestyle goals that I wanted in my life as well. Um, you know, you work very late nights in the bar industry. Um, I used to start work at 10.30 p.m. and finish at about, you know, uh, four or five in the morning on those late night sh uh, shifts. So it was a very different lifestyle. Um, and I really wanted to kind of have a more sustainable lifestyle, I guess, of, uh, and a longer term vision. Cause you know, your, your knees start to go when you get older <laughs> and you're, uh, maybe not able to, uh, do those kind of long hours, um, and late night hours as well. Thinking about that work, I can empathize, you know, the person who's standing outside the bar, outside the club, looking in, you know, all the, all the, the beautiful people having fun and, you know, been there when we wanted that. Uh, but I've also been on the, the flip side and I'd love to hear your take as you're looking at new opportunities. When you were looking at the tech industry as somebody who wasn't in it yet, what did that feel like to you? And what did it look like to you before you got into it? Yeah. And full honesty, I thought of um, tech as about computer scientists and coders. That's kind of all I knew about tech. Um, I didn't really realize how many different roles there were in this sector. Um, you know, whenever I heard sales too, I imagined used car salespeople, uh, door to door sort of encyclopedia sales, um, or, you know, especially those duck cleaning uh, calls that I get. <laughs> um, and like, by the way, they're terrible cold callers. That's like not how you do cold calling. And, you know, you, yeah, I, anyways, I get those calls now and again. And, um, you know, you basically, you gotta call the people who want your product, not renters who can't, who don't have any ducks to clean. <laughs> so at, at the risk of, you know, pulling in the punchline too early, I mean, you're at this amazing company and you've had this rapid succession of promotions and you're in this great journey. Uh, congratulations for, for all your success. Uh, uh, how would you, uh, what was the same and what was different from your original vision of what tech was to what it's actually like, you know, where are the big bit surprises and where were the big, Oh, like, wow, that matched my expectations. What jumps out to you? I'd say what um, matched my sort of idea ahead of time was that, uh, you know, I'm in a quota carrying position. So I have a monthly quota I've got to hit. It's a target. Um, I am very much I, the first day of the month, which today it is. I look like I am I'm staring up at the top of Everest and I'm trying to figure out how to get there, essentially. Uh, but along the way i've i know now how to climb that mountain i've learned from my teammates i've learned from you know the, the leaders that are within my company of like it is attainable to get to the top of that mountain and there is a way to climb everest and um i guess i i very much saw it as uh something that wasn't possible for me and that sort of imposter syndrome I, from the outside i had and once you're sort of in and once you're uh, doing the role, you realize that you're not the only person who isn't sure of what they're doing. <laughs> you know, you can learn from the people who have figured it out and have laid the groundwork type of thing. You also mentioned earlier how it felt originally like it was this homogenous kind of black box. And there was a variety of kind of roles and industries. Um, any, any big takeaways for you that were a big surprise that 
you'd want to share with someone else who's going through the same boat? Yeah, I, I think that the idea that tech sales is like one thing is is a misnomer. I think that it there's so many segments to it. There is, you know, I work in restaurant tech, for instance. So there's an entire industry of, of companies and you know service um, software as a service companies that uh, provide services for the industry that I've worked in since I was a dishwasher at 16. So I understand this industry very through and through and then it's a lot easier for me to have conversations with people within this industry to cold call them to understand how their hours work to understand uh, what their pains are and it makes it easy essentially because you're talking to the people that have done the same thing as you or are doing the same thing as you now I hear this all the time from folks, and I'm sure folks listening to this have felt the same thing. Like, I've got no applicable experience. You know, the job posting says, hey, we want one year, five years, you know, work experience, and it's easy to feel like you don't have any of that. Um, I'm really curious, as you were looking at your first roles in tech, did you feel any of that same doubt or uncertainty? Uh, how, how did you approach that? I definitely had that doubt. <laughs> With Without a doubt, I had that doubt. I, uh, I very much... Um, just it, it was a challenge it was something it, it was like I said like it, it's a mountain and like it's something that I wanted to climb and I wanted to learn how to get there to that top I'd seen how people had achieved success um, and I wanted to do it too and it, I, I think that that drive that like that hustle that 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 is within you um, you know can be uh, can be an amazing thing and it can take you to amazing places I love how you keep coming back to the, the idea of that drive and, and determination because I think that's so independent of anyone's experience. It's, it's, it's a very intrinsic thing. Exactly. I, I think it's, you know, when we were hiring in the restaurant industry, I used to have a manager, for instance, who would always see if he would, he would accidentally, accidentally drop a, uh, a napkin on the ground just to see who would pick it up type of thing. And it's to see like, do you have that attention to detail? Do you, um, you know, do you have that sort of, care and wherewithal of uh, the entire space and and how everyone's experience is is going on and i think that that's the same type of thing where you it's in you and that's how you hire you hire based on what's in the person not necessarily their experience so we've heard a bit more about what your experiences were getting into tech uh and you you did spend some time in the U of R program for the folks that are listening in can you give us the the cliff's notes version what was the program like for you for me it it, it was opening myself up to an entirely new industry. It taught me those kind of building blocks to be successful within that industry. Um, you know, we almost, I, we didn't actually have a class called Sales Acronym 101. However, I feel like there should be one because <laughs> there are so many, it's a new language. There are new um, uh, nouns, verbs, adverbs, all those things. And, you know, uh, how to kind of personally personalize mass outreach, for instance, like, we also were able to meet um, sales leaders, mentors, and like build a network within as well. Like I, I cannot stress enough how valuable networks are when you're breaking into a new industry. And this was the stepping stones to get there. So thinking about the program itself. Uh, so the, the Varo program, uh, the one that you participated in was a 12 week program plus the residency. Uh, when people embark on a program like this. You know, they sometimes come in with different philosophies. And, you know, I'm going to trust the process and go with the flow, or I've got something specific I want out of it, and I'm going to do A, B, and C. I would love to hear from your perspective, 
how would you describe your mindset going into the program? You were so successful. So what made your experience so good for you? Uh, trusting the process was more my mindset. I think I understood that I didn't know, uh, like knowing what you don't know is very important, I think. And I, I very much trust in, in my, my teachers and, um, you know, the, the, the people that were part of Uvaro uh, to provide me the guidance and knowledge that uh, I didn't have. So how do I get the knowledge? How do I break that knowledge gap and uh, become better at a new industry, right? It's, it's listen, listen to what uh, the people who have experience know and, and learn. So you get all this kind of classroom and, and conversation experience, but you also did the, the residency uh, and, you know, it's a chance to put that work in practice at a role uh, you know, would really love to hear in your own words, how did that experience influence your career journey after the program? It's part of the residency. I was, um, I worked with a company called Bridget and I was given a lead list essentially to call and, and try and qualify for account executives. Um, very much. I learned that I didn't understand the industry that I was calling into with that, in that pro and that, um, Bridget is a construction tech company and I learned that I don't know anything about construction <laughs> and it was really difficult for me to pitch to people who I didn't understand their pain. It's so valuable to know what you don't know, I guess, and what, like what you're not good at just as much as it is to know what you are good at. And I very much found with that, I was able to focus more on the industry that I was, um, I had experience in and, and focus on that one. So Kind of last question about the program, I promise. And I want to dig into seven shifts a little bit more. Uh, if you were speaking to somebody who is on the fence about enrolling in a program like you are or another, uh, what would you tell that person? Um, network is the name of the game. <laughs> there are, for every job that is put out there, there are a thousand plus applicants. Um, you don't want to be one of the, just a number of one of those a thousand when you're applying to a job. And I think that with Uvaro, you're able to understand uh, how to be the very top of that stack, how to stand out, how to be, you know, a better candidate. And, you know, my experience, for instance, like I, to get my first job at Seven Shifts, I cold outreach to the director of partnerships at our company. I told him what I thought um, about what they did, like about the course I was taking and um, tried to show him the value I could provide to the company. He then introed me to the BDR manager, um, and then I was formally invited to to apply to the company type of thing. Um, ended up with three interviews and a phone call with the CEO, and that then had my and within a week, and then I had my letter of offer. But like to me, that was the big thing was like learning how to network properly and stand out. Uh, that that was a game changer. I love the detail that you went into about your outreach, your prospecting, the multiple interviews. Uh, how would you compare that hiring process to the way you hired people in the restaurant industry? What was different? I was able to demonstrate my value right off the bat, I think. And typically when you're just like, I used to walk around with a stack of resumes down the street and hand them out. Um, you know, when I was hiring somebody, I would want to see, uh, like, what did they know about our company? What did they uh, know about what our food, our, our, our service style, like, uh, you know, our, uh, what we did and what made us different. And that showed to me that they care. <laughs> First of all, it's not just a, a 
uh, it's not just a thousand applicants, it's a thousand jobs that maybe that they applied to and they don't really know anything about those jobs. Um, so that was a big thing for me uh, that I, I learned how to, to channel that, I guess. So you land this role at Seven Chefs. Yeah, you know, let's. That first three months is often a bit of a. It's a. It's a crucible. It's easy to forget because it's a whirlwind. But as best as you can remember, uh, <laughs> what were the first three months like for you? I started in November twenty twenty. Uh, we were going into our second lockdown here in Toronto. Uh, I was really nervous, to be honest. I was like, "Why am I selling? Trying to sell into restaurants when?" Uh, we're in the midst of another lockdown and all the industries closing up essentially in my, my city. Uh, and then I started realizing that first of all, Toronto's experience wasn't the only experience in North America. Uh, I called Florida, I called Texas, I called Georgia, I called states that maybe were a little less uh, strict on their lockdown <laughs> measures. And, you know, I, I remember calling them and having conversations with them and they were experiencing the same pains that I had experienced uh, before the lockdowns and before we had the closures that had happened here um, and seen the wider, uh, I don't know what word to use here, but <laughs> seen the wider context, I guess. So you've highlighted this a couple of times, the pains that that customer experiences. Um, I've never been a bartender. I've never been a restaurant manager. Uh, I imagine a lot of the people listening in might not have either. So maybe can you give us an example? Like what's, an, what's a big pain that your customers are feeling that you're able to tap into? There's two, two sides to this, I'd say. Uh, first, the perspective from an owner or an operator is that um, when you're operating a restaurant, you have fixed costs. So your rent, your, you know, the lights on, um, you know, even food costs are fairly fixed because you've got your suppliers and you can't really manipulate those. But the one that you can really manipulate uh, is your labor, right? And that's the cost that that's how do I have the right amount of people on for uh, the amount of sales I'm expecting for the day type of thing. And so our system allows you to on the fly be able to check what your projected sales are, what your projected labor cost is, and then compare that to your actuals. So you can see what your actual sales are in real time. Uh, versus your actual you know, labor cost of the people who are clocked in type of thing. And manipulating that as an owner and operator is how you make money and make profit in the industry. Um, from the other side, from the employee standpoint, it's all about communication. So can I talk to my manager that's on duty? Can I talk to uh, you know, my friends? Can I uh, find out you know, in advance of my schedule? Because I can put in my availability, I can put in my time off. And then when the manager's building the schedule, they already know that. And so, you know, I used to get my schedule on Friday night for, or sometimes as late as Saturday or Sunday for the following Monday. So I wouldn't really know what my schedule was going to be <laughs> for the next week. You can't plan your life. You can't have really a life because you don't really know what's going to go on. And that that's as an employee standpoint, like that's paramount. You want to you know, you want to go out with your friends, you want to make plans for the weekend type of thing, or, you know, on a Tuesday or a Monday, that's the weekend for bartenders. But uh, it's, yeah, that was the, that was the big, the big selling points, I'd say for what we do. It, I, hearing it that way is, it makes it so much more real. Like, when I think about scheduling nightmares, it's like, hey, my partner and I, who's going to pick up the kids? Like, it, it's, it's like just a logistics thing. But you described it in a much more existential way. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. It's really good to hear that. Okay, 
So I alluded to this really early on in the, the interview. You've had this rapid you know, succession of roles. Uh, could you walk us through? What were the roles that you had at Seven Shifts, have at Seven Shifts, and uh, you know, what, what are the differences between them? What does that advancement look like? So I, I started off as a BDR uh, at Seven Shifts. Uh, business development representative. Uh, we were given typically with lead lists from our partnerships, uh, where I'd be. These would be essentially the ideal customers for our platform, and uh, I would be calling them and seeing what do they currently use. You know what what is their issues with what they, do they have any issues with they currently use? Um, would they be interested in looking at alternatives? Uh, and you know, just cold calling essentially. We were sending out some emails, but it's primarily you know we are dialing 40 to 50 calls a day type of thing, um, and you know meeting with our team every morning. I did that for about six months and kind of quickly realized that I was more interested in more the long-term uh, relationship and sales cycle, um, and so I very much leaned towards post-sale and ended up in uh, client success. So in as a CSM, which was my title, so client success manager, uh, my role was to essentially be that go-to person for our clients of anything related to product feedback, uh, upgrades, cross-selling, um, expansion opportunities, and those types of things. Um, my current role, uh, which I started in January, is now I'm the key accounts manager. So I essentially just work with our larger mid-marketed enterprise clients. Um, understand the pains that they're facing and, you know, help provide that feedback to our product team directly um, so we can build for that that segment of our market. I love that earlier on you mentioned a, uh, a sales terms, a jargon 101, because I'm pretty sure if I was playing jargon bingo during that last answer, we would have hit all of them. Like BDR, CSM, key accounts, cross-sell. <laughs> that was great. And thinking about that, you've gone through this kind of blitz of a journey of like two kind of rapid promotions, you know, really being an expert in the space on both sides. If you think back to when you just started that career shift, is this where you thought you were going to be? What was the difference? What was the same? Yeah, pretty quickly I knew that this is where I wanted to kind of go. Um, I wanted to work on the bigger deals. I wanted to have the longer sales cycles. Um, to get my current position, I, I pitched it. I, I said, this is what I think we need. Um, I you know, wrote a job description. I basically did a business case of why we needed it, wrote a job description. Um, we, we published it. I applied for it. I interviewed for it, went through two or three interviews for it um, and achieved it. And we have now, we're hiring the second uh, key accounts manager starting at the end of the month. That's awesome. Uh, I love how you, you kind of steered and created that whole process and uh, what did you think about interviewing for the role that you helped them create? How did that feel? I knew the answers to the questions, I guess, <laughs> immediately, because <laughs> I wrote them. But um, no, I mean, it was it was a great process. It was I wanted to treat it as though it, I was an external hire. I I wanted to show that I deserved it. That I you know I worked hard for it and and wanted to um, I wanted to do the job. I I love that. Um, Thinking a little bit about you know, the the role, your work now. I mean, there we've talked previously about how there's a difference in you know, the industry, stability, things like that. What does this mean to you in kind of your current state of life, your directions, where you want to go? Just how's this impacting you? Uh, it's pretty great. <laughs> um, 
my partner and I were engaged uh, at, on Labor Day. Um, uh, we're planning to move out to the East Coast uh, and buy our first house. Uh, we, uh, you know, it's been a lot of life-changing things going on. Uh, we both work from home and really enjoy the remote work uh, life that we have. Uh, now it's kind of time to change up where we're living <laughs> because we don't necessarily need a to live in downtown Toronto, but we want to, you know, maybe have some more space and you know, change our lives. I love the direction that uh, you're you're heading and that you've got. Uh, very often, what we hear from folks when they're they're looking at this kind of a career shift is they're saying, "I don't even know what that kind of a company is like." So, if you're talking to somebody who's been in the same journey that you have, they've been in hospitality, they're considering seven shifts. You know, what makes them a great place to work for? I, I don't like always using this word culture, but it, it, I feel like it's something that's maybe overused in some corporate settings. But for us, it's a common mindset of we know the direction we're going in, we know the priorities, and we know that everything that we do in our daily you know, uh, business is all going towards this this goal. And it's just really fun to kind of be part of that and see it change over time. Um, the position I'll have or the, you know, the job description that I'll have a year from now probably hasn't been created yet. And I, and like, that is just kind of fun to be, to see that growth and, um, to be a part of it. You know, we call it a, you know, the rocket ship type of thing, but, um, really it's just about bringing that kind of fire and drive. And, um, I love it. <laughs> I love the the joy that I can hear in your voice, see on your face. Like it's, you clearly really enjoy the the company and the space. Um, your, your comment that job you have in a year from now maybe doesn't exist. Uh, where do you see yourself heading? You know, you, you talked about bigger accounts, but can you put some more structure to that? Where do you want to be in a year, two years? Where's the future for you? You know, we're currently building out new processes, and uh, that. I like being part of that. I'm a process person and I like to kind of streamline how we're doing things. And I think for me this year, uh, it's about that and, and establishing sort of those uh, procedures. And, you know, I'm really happy being an individual contributor for now. Uh, I don't necessarily want to leap back into management this time. Um, not saying it's not on the table down the road. It's just at this time, I, I very much enjoy being just responsible for what I'm responsible for and not responsible for what other people are responsible for. <laughs> I think that's really well said. And I know that we, we told you we'd get you out pretty quickly. Uh, and this would not be a sales oriented podcast if we didn't give you a chance to pitch yourself in the company. So if anyone's listening in and they're a bar manager or restaurant manager, and they're thinking, I need to get a better handle on my fluctuating costs, how can they reach out to you? How can they get in touch with you, Matt? Yeah, um, so I can be reached at uh, Matt, M-A-T-T dot Fairbanks, F-A-I-R-B-A-N-K-S at sevenshifts.com. Don't forget, forget the F. And um, yeah, uh, I am the key accounts manager, so I'll be able to put you in touch with um, anyone who, who'd like to chat with. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for the time, Matt. This has been a real joy, and I'm looking forward to our next conversation and maybe meeting up in the East Coast sometime when you get that house. Sounds great. <laughs> Take care, Joseph. That's it for this episode of the Seller's Journey Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe for more episodes, connect with us on LinkedIn, and join the movement towards finding career success today.